Welcome to Exploring Hyperspace Lanes. I'm Adam. And I'm Josie. So we're going to have a little bit of a shorter episode because I ran into some delays earlier today. Um, but we're still going to have what some What were cool you doing? Making, making a coffee run. Okay, we don't have to talk about specifics. We don't have to talk about specifics about what happened. Okay, um, so... We're going to skip our getting to know the host question of the week um, because Joe, we like it's also partially because Josie does have to go somewhere. Yes. Uh, I have which, plans on the weekend. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I, I know. <laughs> I, I know. I have plans today too. Good for you. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Um, I know. I believe you. You get yeah, out there, I, you do things. Yeah, I have a I have another podcast to record later today after this. Oh. Um because I don't do shit ever, so that's why I was being all facetious <laughs> more about myself. <laughs> um so she's going to be in charge of letting me know how it, it, when we're running low on time. So just let me know when we have like ten minutes left. Okay. Um because I don't have I, I I was in a rush to set it up. I have my cool new uh stream deck. That I didn't plug in because I, that requires me to rewire everything oh. um, to use with my external webcam and my microphone. Anyway, um, so we're going to jump right in with the big news from this week that you did not want to know in advance. Yeah. Um. So allegedly, and there's a lot of alleged information um, that is coming from uh, from various sources, but allegedly there is another Star Wars movie coming. And oh. we we knew for a while that Disney had taken the 2020s, taken the December of the 2020s, and kind of partitioned them out in a weird way, where it would alternate Star Wars Avatar, or Avatar Star Wars, where 2022, we had Avatar 2, uh, then this year would have been another Star Wars movie, then 2024 would be Avatar 3, 2025 Star Wars, uh, 2026 Avatar, 2027 Star Wars. Um, so that was, but they never put anything on those days besides Avatar. We knew Avatar 1, 2, and 3, uh, 2, 3, and 4. Um, this year was supposed to be Rogue Squadron, which was announced at, uh, Investor Day in 2020. Uh, it was going to be Patty Jenkins directing it, uh, who did Wonder Woman. Um, but that project has fallen by the wayside and no one knows what's coming out. So this year there's no movie coming out in December for Disney, um instead we're getting aquaman and the lost kingdom oh. um so uh but the 2025 release date is still on the calendar and allegedly according to this rumor uh, a new movie is going to start shooting in april um and oh. this new movie is written by damian lindelof do you know who that is no he's the guy did you watch watchmen on hbo yeah the guy who made that show. He also did Lost and a few other things. Oh, okay. So he does like a more dramatized creature. Yeah. Uh, Lost, The 100, I think he did too. Oh, um, I Okay. So he, he's the writer. Um, Directed by Charmin Ob- Obeyed Chinoy, which I, I I apologize. I definitely just butchered that. But that yes. name probably doesn't sound familiar to you. No. Um, She is an independent um, like documentary filmmaker. She's won Academy Awards for documentary shorts. That's cool. Um, she has some mainstream recognition because she directed two episodes of um, Miss Marvel 
Oh. He directed the two episodes set in Pakistan. Oh. Um. So that's that's her thing. Now, some rumors about this movie. Uh, it is set after episode nine. So it's a sequel to the sequel trilogy. It will okay. feature returning cast members from the various sequel trilogy movies, uh, with top candidacy going to John Boyega returning as Finn. Okay. Um. And this also, there are a few things that that lend credibility to this rumor. Number one, I think naming her as the director adds a lot of credibility because they said, "Oh, it's the Chloe Zhao movie, which is also in development," or it's, "Oh, it's the Ryan Johnson trilogy that's also in development," or if it's uh the Kevin Feige movie or the Taika Waititi movie or anything like that, then it'd be like, "Okay, well, we knew that was happening." I think using her when she, I don't think she's ever directed a movie before. And for a feature debut to be Star Wars, that's a pretty big thing. But you're also working within a studio that's designed to to pump out Star Wars movies. So, I mean, I I don't have like as long as she has the guidance around her, I don't see how it's a bad thing. Okay. Um, but I think naming her lends credibility to it because she's not a huge name. Oh. If that makes sense, where it's like if you're gonna go out and stake your reputation reporting on this. Why would you go with such a weird choice as this is going to be the director instead of saying, oh, the next movie is going to be the uh, the the Taika Waititi movie, which was what everyone thought was going to be the next movie. Hmm. That's um, a good idea. Who did uh, what was it? Love and Thunder and uh, Ragnarok. Um, another credibility factor was last year there was an interview that came out where Daisy Ridley talked about and and the interview was the coverage of the interview was so sexist, by the way. I don't know if we've addressed this. So there's this interview that comes out where she talks about a lot of things in her life that she's done since episode nine. And one of the things she says is, oh, and I'm, I've am i become close friends with Jodie Comer, who in, in Rise of Skywalker plays Ray's mom very briefly in a flashback. Um, okay. She also was the, um, the, the lead in Free Guy, uh, the girl in Free Guy. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, so she she and it's like and, and she's in killing you, but like oh we've become friends and we text all the time, and that was the headline where it's like Daisy Ridley is friends with, um is friends with on screen mom Jodie Comer, and it's like all right, but the other big part of the interview was she talked about how she had multiple sit down lunches with Kathleen Kennedy, who is the head of Lucasfilm, mm-hmm. that didn't get reported on, and I'm like, why is that not getting reported? Because it's like the ostensibly the protagonist of the last three Star Wars movies had sit-down lunches with the person in charge of making Star Wars movies. Why is that not the headline where that would be the headline if it was fucking uh, Har- um, Harrison Ford or uh, if it was Mark Hamill? And it's like, oh, she, he had sit-downs with her. Or even if it was like uh, Oscar Isaac, mm-hmm. the headline would have been Oscar Isaac sits- has sit-down lunches with Kathleen Kennedy, which could indicate that he's coming back. But that was something else. And the movie will allegedly feature an invasion from outside the galaxy, which would be Disney doing their version of the Yuuzhan Vong invasion. Um, and it seems that Skeleton Crew, which got expedited into production, is being overseen directly by John Favreau, who, especially after uh, John, uh, James Gunn was given head of DC Studios, is considered the heavy favorite to become the head of Lucasfilm when Kathleen Kennedy retires after her current contract. Um, 
that show is going to be expedited and it's coming out at the end of this year. Also, Ahsoka, which is also coming out this year, is going to leave the galaxy as she goes out to try and find what happened to Ezra Bridger um, at the end of Rebels and track down Thrawn. So Ooh. there are a number of factors that lend into the credibility of this rumor, if it's true. So what are your thoughts on on a possible episode 10? I don't know if it's going to be Skywalker Saga episode 10 or if it's just next Star Wars movie. Um, but how um, do you feel about it? I guess I just hope they don't fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> I think like they're I on somewhat a right way. track. <sighs> I think ultimately the issue with why the sequel trilogy failed is because they didn't have a plan going into it. Yeah. Like, I, I read Bob Iger's book when he put out his, his memoir uh, about mm-hmm. his time as CEO at, at Disney, and he talked about the acquisition of, of Lucasfilm. And they, the board said, we will let you buy Lucasfilm, and we will give you the approval to buy this for $4 billion, but you need to have a movie out by the end of the third fiscal year, second fiscal year, after you buy it. Or by the end of the 20, uh, 2014 fiscal year. And they didn't make that. They barely got it out by the 2015 fiscal year. Um, because Disney operates like November or December to November. Um, and that was why that was so rushed out. And the idea of having three different directors do three different movies that are all loosely related as a trilogy doesn't exactly work. Um but I'm I'm interested to see where this goes. Um, I think Damian Lindelof is like when we think of Lost. I think it's safe to say that Damian Lindelof was more the brains of the operation than J.J. Abrams was. Because mm-hmm. I don't think that J.J. Abrams has done anything particularly unique or interesting since since Lost, and that's when he was with Lindelof. Meanwhile, Lindelof has gone on to do the 100. He's gone on to do um, uh, Watchmen and all that stuff. Like, Star Trek is not a fantastic movie. The first Star Trek, I mean. The uh, the 09 one isn't fantastic. The um, Into Darkness is just not great at all. Um, and then his two Star Wars movies were not... Like, at the time that we saw The Force, the Force Awakens, I remember me and Peter, we did uh, Beware of Spoilers about it. Well, at the time, with spoilers ahead, um, because and then we moved, we put up a YouTube feed. We had to change the name because someone already had that name. Um, but we did a um, we did an episode about it, and it was me, him, and his girlfriend went to see this movie. Um, and I remember we left, and we're like, we can guarantee that the only reason we think this movie is good is because it is substantially better than the prequels, and it's just been so long since we had that and it's been so long since we saw a star wars movie in a theater that's definitely obstructing the the quality indicators that we have with this because mm-hmm. like i don't know about you but i knew that the minute i saw the like when when the movie starts and, it, and the star wars logo comes up and it says episode seven on the screen in the opening crawl I, like in that moment i was like there's no way i can objectively look at this movie for quality and watching it since, it doesn't really hold up because it's it's a less good version of A New Hope. Yeah, I, I'm i not super, like, versed in the new stuff at all because <laughs> I didn't really like it. So, um, 
I so I I I I'm not really sure. It's hard for me to comment on the new stuff. Yeah, it's right I don't now. think a lot of it is particularly great. Most of them I've fallen asleep while watching. I think that and I I have a feeling that when we get to this movie, this will be the, the greatest divergence in opinion. Yeah. I think the the best of the Disney movies, besides like the best of the Skywalker saga movies that Disney did is The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we're gonna we're gonna differ greatly in opinion on that when we get to that okay. down the line. Um, I have a feeling that you d- you disagree on that, but uh, Rogue One's definitely the best. And um, yeah, so I think that this is an interesting thing. We'll keep an eye on it. If any other news comes, then we'll talk about it. But you know, for right now, that's it. So with the last half hour or a little less, let's talk about Andor and get Andor ranked. Why don't you uh, give a brief um, like overall summary of it like of, not of your opinion but like what happened in it because i have watched it i just might need a small refresher <laughs> <laughs> explain it to me as if you're explaining it to someone who has not watched the show yet no just explain <laughs> it to me so as though I, the, I watched general, it but now i'm really sick and it's the, hard for me to the, the general it together. I, the general <laughs> idea of andor is um it's the story of, I think what is going to end up being is the story of the uh, the birth of the Rebel Alliance, where at the time Andor takes place, there's a bunch of smaller Rebel cells all mm-hmm. over the galaxy, all doing their own independent thing. But this is the story of them starting to unify. It's the story of pushing a fascist re- regime to commit the worst atrocities it can against the people so that people are forced to rise up that's what the okay. story is so you get the the uh the the raid to steal the money and then the point of that is not necessarily for the money but the point of that is for the empire to start raising criminal penalties and to start being more iron-fisted with how they're um with how they're sentencing and all of that so that way people are forced to rise up so you get these things like the prison break and you get the what is ostensibly the Battle of Lexington and Concord for the um for the for the rebellion at Ferrix in the finale. Um and I think that's mostly what it is. It's it's the story of what does it take to make a people have to rebel against a fascist regime? Hmm. Okay. Is that what you were looking for? Or were you looking for a more plot based? No, thing? I was looking for more plot based. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, less thematic um yes. so okay so uh andor kills two guys um <laughs> in a fight and then has to go on the run he meets stellan Skarsgård, whose character's name i'm forgetting right and... so they're going after like they're helping this planet to rebel or whatever or like not the planet but they're they're working their own rebel regime and at this planet to try to rebel and you know on ferrix the right. way i interpreted ferrix was more like and maybe I'm completely wrong on this, but I interpreted Ferrix as a a separatist world. Maybe I'm okay. just making my own fan fiction on this, but I, I definitely, when I watched that first episode, I interpreted it as Ferrix was a separatist world that was not happy with being all in on the Republic during the era of the Republic. And then when the Empire right. fell, it, it kind of did that. So that's why you have this corporation that's entirely in control of the planet and the Empire is kind of like, you guys just keep control of your shit here. We're not going to look too deeply at it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how I always interpreted it. Because that's where uh, Cyril is like, he's security on the planet. 
Um, and it's like the Empire doesn't really have a huge standing on Ferrix until the finale. Um, th that's how I always interpreted it. I could be wrong, and I could just be creating fan fiction, but I think that that's kind of what it is. Um, Okay. so, yeah, I don't that's... really know. I don't really remember how it ends. I Um... thought it was okay. It kept my interest. I just, I think at the end, I just kind of got lost. And maybe it was pretty, or maybe it was just not very memorable. But I cannot remember how it ended except for, yep, it worked. <laughs> The, like, what do you mean it worked? Like the, the, uh, the, the fight on Ferrix or I, Well, I I don't think, know. Maybe I'm wrong. well, cause the, it, it's basically broken up into four mod, like four little mods in a modular kind of story where like the first three is Andor getting off of Ferrix. Then the next three are the raid on whatever that planet was that where they have to go and go to the Imperial outpost and they have to steal the money. Uh, in the heist, then the next three are the prison arc, which is the strongest arc of the show, and then the Mm last three are them going back to Ferrix because Aunt Petunia died, and he has to and go to the funeral, and that's where the Empire is trying to catch him. Um, that there are two Harry Potter alumni in this show too. Did you notice that? Yeah. Her and then Mrs. Fig is Cyril's mom. Um, yeah, I think that the prison arc is definitely the strongest. Um, because the prison arc they really play with a lot of themes, like especially as Cyril starts to rise with an ISB. Like Mm -hmm. one of the things that I don't know if you noticed this, but like when you see Andor and his little group at that table assembling the parts of what we find out is the Death Star, um. That whole that table is designed the exact same way as the table that Cyril is working at in ISB. Oh, yeah. And his little like cell that he's in um looks like the bed that um that Cyril's sleeping in in his little like studio efficiency on Coruscant with his mom. Like it's designed to like kind of mirror it for the two of them. And it's an I think it's an interesting approach. to kind of take those two characters and, and layer them that way. Um, and I think that the thing the show does very well, too, is it crams in at least two or three really great dramatic monologues into every episode, and it never feels like you're bored by it. Like, uh, like the one that I think the best dramatic monologue on the show is um, Luthen, that's his name, Stellan Skarsgård's character. Um, when he's down in the bowels of Coruscant meeting with the guy from ISB, who's like, you have to stop this from happening because they're going to be they're, like, they're going to kill this guy and you're going to kill like 50 of your men if you don't stop them. And he's like, no, I can't do that. I have to let those people die because if we let the empire think that losing 50 men is a big deal, they'll think our numbers are a lot smaller than they are. Um, we have to like to to not overshow the hand. Like that whole thing is great. The whole thing with with Marva giving her speech from beyond the grave in the finale, um, where she's like, um, if uh, you know, if I if I had the chance to do it all again, I would not have laid down the way I did. I would have stood up and fought. Um, and and you know, the whole thing with like uh, the natural state of the galaxy, uh, the natural state of being is is freedom, and tyranny requires constant uh, constant effort. 
to upkeep, so it's easy to break. It's such a great show in in, in all of that, and I think really it, it does a lot for Star Wars in exploring what it is that that forces the the circumstances of Episode Four. Hmm. Um, I did not need that star tie. That's my biggest complaint about the show. Okay. I think that ending it with the Death Star was kind of I understand why they did it because it does tie um Andor's time in jail to his inevitable death but I don't think it needed to be that on the nose mm-hmm. um I think it I think that post credit scene should have been Thrawn Okay I can see that I think that would have been better Cause like I think that that like when I was watching it and they introduced Deidre and she's looking at all these weird trends and being like they they're doing this to make it look like there isn't a pattern but there is in that it's so scattershot. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like, there's another large blue person who works for the Empire who loves looking at weird patterns to track down the rebels and I think he should show up. And then Yalaren has a small role in one episode. Admiral Yalaren is the uh, the guy with that '70s mustache. Mm-hmm. In that one episode, and um, I was like, when that happened, I was like, oh fuck, yes, we're getting live action thrown in this show, <laughs> and then it just never happened, and I was like, that's disappointing. Yeah. Um, do you have any other thoughts on uh on on Andor? Um, it's not overly memorable, <laughs> like at all. Um, I don't know if there's anything specific that I can think of that needed to be different it's more i think the first three episodes it's just not up there i think that that's a lot of it is that the beginning of the show is slow it takes a lot to get into the show that Um, might be it where it's like ain't nobody got time for that once you get to the heist arc that's where it starts to get good and it is it's very like tony gilroy made the show and it is very much an espionage thriller Mm -hmm. in the vein of like i saw someone compare it to michael clayton that movie with george clooney Mm-hmm. Or um or the Bourne movies is what it feels like more than Star Wars. Um and I think that the fact that the Star Warsness of it all is used so sparingly throughout the show yeah. that when it does happen, it, it has such greater impact. You think so? I do. I think that like in episode, what was it, three or four, like we hadn't seen a TIE fighter up until that point. And you know, maybe it was just that it was not my style, like it was not um something that I could get into because it wasn't it was a little it was very serious I that's what I liked about it I thought that like especially when it came to last year's shows like what was it um like Book of Boba Fett like I would have been more into it if it would have been like Star Wars Oceans um Oceans movie okay I could see that (laughs) that would be fun but like I think that like Book of Boba Fett was too silly like and and mm. two like like that whole very slow speed chase between the the street rats with the power rangers speeders and, <laughs> and like that was such a poorly done chase i'm like are you fucking kidding me like it's oh. so slow moving through moss espa and i'm like this is dumb and then like the majority of kenobi is not very good mm-hmm. um except for like the last two episodes where they go to the uh the stronghold and then the fight with uh, Vader on the last planet at the end. Besides those two things, the show isn't great. Um, yeah. And that was a big disappointment. I think it's just like, this was just a lot better. Um, 
that's a but good like, point. But like the TIE fighters that happened uh, in that, you know, over the course of in that one episode where it's like they come in there and you can hear them screaming through. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, my God, these things are actually scary at this point for the first mm-hmm. time ever. Like even in A New Hope, the TIE fighters and the stormtroopers aren't really scary, except for maybe in the opening shot when they're okay. invading, when they're invading the blockade runner. Um, but like when you get to the finale, when they bring in stormtroopers, I think that's the first time we see stormtroopers for the majority of the show. And it's like, oh, shit got real because they're bringing the military in now and they're going to kill people. And then it's like they shoot people and yeah, it did do a better job of explaining like what stormtroopers are supposed to be, where they are supposed to be the heavy hitters and not what, you know, other movies have made them out to be, which is. Oh, these are their dunces that just can't even hit a barnyard. Yeah. It's, barn, it's the cannon fodder. Yes. It's like, uh, but like, where they're, they're supposed to be like elite special forces. Like that was the whole thing where like they bring them in and it's like they're killing people in that finale during the fight on Ferrex, mm-hmm. and it's just like people are dying and they're staying down and it's not like we're just watching people get shot and it's like very quick cuts away. You're the camera stays on the dead body on the ground and you're like, wow, that's something. Yeah, but they don't usually show that kind of thing. Yeah. And then um, how do you feel about the um, the Hall of Easter Eggs on Coruscant that um, that that Luthen has? I had a very, I had a problem with it. Um, Hall of Easter Eggs? Yeah, Luthen's shop has a bunch of cool artifacts from all over the galaxy. So like oh. he has uh, one of Padme's helmets like that metal helmet crown thing she wears with the with the spikes, he has that. He has Star Killer's Sith Slayer armor. Oh, um, I didn't he, even notice. Yeah, he got a lot of cool shit like that. But he also has both a Jedi and a Sith holocron. And I'm like, I would assume that Palpatine would know about this, and he would have been in there to put a lightsaber Not through his chest. Necessarily. I don't know. If there was a Sith holocron on the planet, you think he didn't know about it? Yeah. Really. Yes. Or a Jedi holocron, too, because they cracked down on that shit. Yes. So who is it that has it? Luthen, uh, Stellan Skarsgård's character. He has who, that curio shop on Coruscant. And who's the curio? Oh, okay. He's the little shop. Yeah. Not Okay. Yeah. Why would he know? Because they did a big crackdown on, on Jedi artifacts but in the aftermath. But there's so many. There's so many, and things got I feel snuck like a out. Like nothing. definitely there's something. There's always... There's always reference in the books and and stuff where they're talking about how oh one's one's appeared like because somebody did sneak it out or it did show up somewhere. But he has it on a shelf in his store, where any every, asshole can walk in and see it. Not every asshole would know what it was. That's true. <laughs> um, have you watched any? Of it the would new take a real special Batch? asshole. <laughs> That's true. But also, if you're going to that store, I think you are the special asshole. It's kind of like the store where they're trying to sell the orb to in the first Guardians of the and Galaxy, where it's, could an, very it's an much, artifact they dealer. Could be, they could be holocrons that are used up. That's true, too. That don't activate. That's true, too, because it's not like they're glowing. They're just kind of sitting there on a shelf, the two of them. Well, they don't always glow. Well, they do in the video game. <laughs> That's how you know to pick them up. That's so that way, yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's so that way your dumbass can find it. <laughs> like, if you go to the top of the Death Star, they had one hidden at the top of the cannon because that's how you get the black lightsaber blade. Oh. 
Um, but yeah, have you watched any of the Bad Batch season three? Uh, season two. Yeah, I think I'm totally up to date. I just like they they, they I touch really on, enjoy the Bad Batch. They touch on a lot of the same kind of things about like the the control of the Empire and that. We'll get, when we get to the Bad Batch in a few weeks, we're gonna talk about that. Mm-hmm. But like, I think that that's kind of what my favorite thing about them what they're doing right now in the shows is kind of like taking the the order of the empire and juxtaposing it with the complete clusterfuck that is the new republic mm-hmm. because like that first episode of the mandalorian when they when we're introduced to to mando and it's like okay well i have these credits no i have montal credits i have new republic credits okay we have imperial credits we'll take imperial credits it's like it's this clusterfuck meanwhile that first episode of the bad batch it's like everyone go to your nearest imperial outpost. We will give you a social security number, and we will give you all of your money in republic in empire, imperial credits. Okay. Like it's it's it, it's that that very like the the transition of power is a lot more orderly, and I think that that's doing a lot to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really liked how they they took the uh what's called the whole making Dooku out to be the bad guy and for the entire war. I was like. That is such a great way to end that character who is an idealist at heart, who's mm-hmm. just in it to protect his people. And then for him to be used the way he was by Palpatine and then for him to die and for him to be scapegoated for the entire Clone Wars. Yes. I was like, that, that is... is what he did, though. That's like that's been part of the story since. No, but I feel um... like it's uh, but the thing is, it does kind of omit the key aspect of it where it's like, yeah, we, you know. There, there was the Sith guy who was trying to kind of st- like steer, had his hand on the wheel. Yeah, but the Clone Wars started well before Dooku, because Dooku doesn't join up until we're getting way off topic here. But Dooku doesn't join up until um, midway through Episode One. That's true. Because the Clone Wars start with the blockade on Naboo, which is before that. That's true. Have you listened to the Dooku book? I love that book. Me too. I really. That... When are we doing that one? I think I have that on the calendar, actually. Okay, cool. Um, because that one, that the next book is Kenobi, but I think that's the February book. Yeah, that's okay. a February book. Um, but yeah. So, final thoughts on Andor because you're running low. Are you running low on time or? Yes, we have okay. like fifteen minutes. Okay. Um. So we'll 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 do. I I feel like we'll have a debate over where we rank it overall because I feel like that's gonna be the the big question here. For TV shows, it's definitely number one as of right now because we haven't done any other TV shows. Because like I said when we did um, last week, we're going to do two separate rankings. We're going to do a ranking, well, three rankings. Ranking within canon versus not canon. Ranking within, um, what's it called? Ranking within its type. So book against book, TV against TV, movie against movie, and so on and so forth. And then we're also going to do overall ranking. Ranking I'm a visual person. Good. I think you're going to have to share your screen if you want me to rank it. Or is I this know. the first one of a show that we've done? This is the first show we've done. Okay. So let me just make a new line on here. Show and or number one and or. Now, this is canon, as is A New Hope. So right now we have A New Hope at number one. Cool. And this is number one. Because of default. No, because this is also canon. Yeah, but it's one number one in TV show. Right, but we also do. Oh my gosh, you've this. This is so. (laughs) I can't follow. I don't think this is that difficult. (laughs) You're looking at it. No, I just explained it. So we do. (laughs) 
Each thing gets ranked. <laughs> no, I'm not. I just explained it. <laughs> okay. Let me let me so, share my screen once I fix this page. Um, what are we doing after Andor? Uh, Kenobi is the next one. Uh, Kenobi. Let okay. me. Not the show, the book. Oh yay! I like that book. Okay, let me share my screen to you. Um, so what we have here is this is the rankings. We have an overall ranking within the movies, within the shows, and then canon and legends. So okay. a new hope. So the movies count for both canon and legends. So that's there, but this gets ranked in overall in show and in canon. So overall, would you say it's better or worse than a new hope? Um, worse. Interesting. I had a feeling this is going to be a. That's why I love time for this. Why do you think it's worse than a new hope? Because I like the new a new hope better. Okay. Why? <laughs> <laughs> um, my my feels, my heart. <laughs> okay. It's not objectively. I just so I remember a new hope. I don't like all the changes that we that they made to it and everything, but I like a new hope, and I'll rewatch a new hope. I'm not gonna rewatch Andor. I see. I Is think that you're a good right. enough reason? I think you're right about me not rewatching Andor. I'll rewatch parts of Andor. Mm-hmm. Like I'll rewatch like the prison arc. I'll rewatch the finale. I'll like in the same way that like Loki. I won't rewatch Loki ever, but I'll rewatch the finale of Loki because the finale of Loki is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm not gonna rewatch Andor beginning to end, especially considering the beginning of that is such a slow start. Mm-hmm. Um, that said. A New Hope also has a very slow start. That's true. It 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 does take 40 minutes for them to meet Han Solo. Or no, 40 yeah. minutes to get off Tatooine and I'm like I don't need 40 minutes of Tatooine. Mm-hmm. I really don't. Um especially in a 2-hour movie and then you also have the fight on the fight of the Death Star. Um so for anything to happen, it takes about 40 minutes and I don't think that's necessarily required. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I, in the same way that, like, The Dark Knight is also not a rewatchable Batman movie. But in terms of quality, I think it is the best Batman movie. But rewatchability is important. That's true. But, like, well, would you say that The Dark Knight or The Batman is more rewatchable? I would say, even though it's three hours long, I would say The Batman is more rewatchable. Hmm. But does that inherently make it better? We're getting into a little bit of a philosophical debate about this now. I like a I like a movie that I want to turn around and rewatch it again. That's I agree. Is important. That's why I said the Batman's better than the Dark Knight, and I got okay. shit for it at work. Okay, well, you I'm not giving you shit for it. Um, fuck those people at work. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I see me personally. I think Andor is better than A New Hope, and I think that I would say also Rogue One is also better than we haven't gotten there yet, but Rogue One too, because I think it is A New Hope works as as its own self contained story, but this gives much deeper context for a lot of the themes explored in that. Um, 
and, and it does reshape the way we view a new hope in a weird way like especially like especially rogue one like mm-hmm. i think that rogue one ending the way it does makes it so that way you can't watch a new hope the same way and i think this reshapes how you view rogue one by reshaping what we know about cassian andor and his backstory and and everything that went into starting the rebellion and creating the rebel alliance mm-hmm. um also, I think Forrest Whitaker is a lot better in this than he was in Rogue One. Um, because I don't even know how how the fuck he does it, but he talks on the in breath in Rogue One. Like, like I don't I, like lies. I'm like I don't know how the fuck he does that without fucking up his throat. Like, like he. I don't know. Maybe he, he does such, fuck up his throat. He has such weird pronunci- uh, like, uh, pronunciation of things. Or, like, not even that. It's like Christopher Walken was his dialect coach. Because, like, he's got that one thing. He's like, you're here to kill me? <laughs> like, I'm just like, why is that? Like, did you did you only have Forrest Whitaker for one day? And you're like, all right, good enough. Like, moving yeah, on. probably. Like, but I think it's a similar issue here where it's like, I think that I think he's a lot better in this one because I feel like they're like, you know, what, let's give him like three or four takes and we'll go with the best one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I I think that a lot of this show really worked for me. Um, but the same thing goes for like the Sandman. The Sandman has a very slow start, too. And I probably wouldn't rewatch the Sandman beginning to end, but I'd watch 24 seven and I would watch um, on the on the beat of her wings or whatever the name of the the episode with death is, I would watch those episodes again. Um, like I, I don't know. Um, I, th- I don't know if we'll get a tiebreaker. I don't think Peter watched it, so we can't have a tiebreaker on this. Okay. Um. So I'll I will concede, and I will put it below a new hope for the sake of you need to leave soon. Okay. Um. So I will concede on that, and then we'll put that below it here too. And or so now, if you look at my thing, we have our don't overall worry. ranking. I don't think that a new hope is the best, so it will not continue to stay at one. Oh no, I I think that when we get to Empire Strikes Back, I think it will get bumped down, and I think also Tales of the Jedi. I think my favorite, like I think my favorites are always going to land under rewatchability and what I've rewatched. So, and so your what best movie re-watch. is going to be Revenge of the Sith. Um, stay tuned to find out. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I think Revenge of the Sith is the most rewatchable. Because that's the issue too. How do you make that claim and then put Empire Strikes Back above it? I don't think Empire Strikes Back is as rewatchable as A New Hope. We're not making that claim. Okay, well, we'll see. We'll, we, we'll see yeah, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> okay. We just put so many words into my mouth <laughs> <laughs> that I never said. Um, let's see. We got five minutes. Um, do you want to uh do the getting to know the um the um what's it called getting to know the the host question with the last five minutes? Yeah. Okay. So this week's question: What's the best movie you've seen in the last year that did not come out in the last year? And movie you've seen for the first time? This is not Star Wars related. That's the point. Oh, boring. Um, I texted you this yesterday and you never answered. I, I probably didn't know what the fuck you were talking about. I said, <laughs> do you want me to tell you the getting to know the host non-Star Wars question beforehand? 
And what did I say? You never answered. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I didn't see it. So I did um, alert you. <laughs> you alerted me. Okay. What's the best one that I've seen this year? Well, within within the last year. That within didn't come out. Year. That didn't come out within the last year. That you've seen for the first time. Um can you hear my dog crying? No. <laughs> um, let's see. I don't know. All right. What about we? What if we eliminate? I don't the know what's come out. Well, no, no. But the point is, it didn't come out. Like, what movie have you seen for the first time within the last year that you liked? I just saw The Lost City with Sandra Bullock. That movie was not bad. Oh, and I just saw. I didn't like this, but I just saw the new Jurassic movie. And I'm that so was bad. sad. That was bad. That was really not good. I really mm-hmm. did not like that movie. Um, for me, I would say um, that didn't come out in the last year, which was the point of the question that you ignored. Um, well, I don't know when things came out. Okay. Um, I would say um, I just watched recently Francis Ha for the first time. Mm-hmm. Which is a? Did you see Marriage Story on Netflix with uh, Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver? No, I feel like based on the actors that would have been up your alley, but um, it's a, I but now I'm gonna have to. Yeah, it's about these two people who are getting a divorce. Um, so it, it that director partnered with uh, did an independent movie about ten years ago with Greta Gerwig, who's a director now. Um, who's directing the Barbie movie this year. And um, it's about this girl who is just out of college who wanted to be a dancer. Like, she went to theater school, mm-hmm. and she wants to be a dancer, but she's just not, like, up to professional grade. She's, like, just below professional grade. So she doesn't quite know what to do with her life. Mm-hmm. And she's watching everyone else around her kind of do do their thing. And uh, I was like, it's such it is such a great movie. Um, and I don't think Greta Gerwig quite gets enough acclaim for her acting ability. Um, because she's a really good director. She did like Little Women a few years ago. Um, it opened against um uh, Rise of Skywalker, Little Women. Um, but she did that, and uh, she should have got nominated for best director. Um, for it, but she didn't. And it's like if you look at that, and you look at she got Barbie coming up. Uh, she did Lady Bird a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so she she can direct very well, but she also can act very well too. I don't think she gets enough credit for that. Um, but uh, but yeah. So to go through what we have coming up in the next few weeks, let me end the screen share. How I do I do? I get to end with my joke. Well, let me go through the next three, the next four episodes, and tell people what we're what we're covering, so that way they know. No, and then you do the show. But, but you'll do the joke after. I'm sorry, I'm yelling at the dog. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the blind dog is just getting all inside the 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 um the uh the wires, and I was like, <laughs> no, stop! You're gonna hang yourself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so next week is the 2006 book Kenobi. The week after that, on February 1st, will be Star Wars Battlefront, the original from 2004. In um, The week after that, on February 8th, we'll be doing The Empire Strikes Back, 
And on February 15th, we'll be doing The Bad Batch Season 1. Okay. So now your joke. Okay. So in honor of uh, um, next week's episode for Obi-Wan or for the Kenobi book, mm-hmm. um, what did the specter of Obi-Wan Kenobi say to the bartender? I don't know what. Give me a beer and a mop. <laughs> a mop? A mop. Oh, okay. Get it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh... Do you need help? <laughs> no, I get it. <laughs> the difference between getting it, and it's, it's like, you ever see that, that picture from Aqua Teen Hunger Force where it's the, uh, the little meat guy? And mm-hmm. he says, I get it. It's not funny, but I get it. <laughs> uh, I think that that's a great way to go out on every episode. <laughs> it's just a joke that's just like very, just a little bit of a clunker. I think it's a great way to end every episode. <laughs> um. <laughs> It's like you spend like a week trying to come up with a joke, and you're like, "This is great." They'll find this hilarious. <laughs> um, it's more like I run into them and I just write them down. Like you Google it, and it's like here's a list. And, um, so just, we'll wrap up there for today because Josie does have to get going. He just keeps running into the table. <laughs> um, you should you should see if you can get him trained to do like Daredevil and. Like use echo location. I I think that might be why he cries so much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. Have a great rest of your week. Thanks, you too.